the show, and uh, we're going to be talking about with him and how he consistently kills deer on public land. And uh, uh, we know each other. I know him personally, and uh, I think that you know if you listen to this, I think you, if you hunt, we're, we we pretty much hunt Florida. So uh, these the things he talks about, I think, is applicable to most people that that hunt public land. So uh, I'm going to turn it over to uh, Randy, and uh, I think he's he said he was going to touch a little bit starting off on scouting. And how you know how he goes about that? So, hey, Ron, how you doing tonight? We're getting you're right. We're getting a little thunderstorm tonight. Yeah, we can hear the but, thunder uh, and lightning outside. Yeah, I'm first start off like you stressed a few minutes ago. You know, it's, it's perfectly opinion. Uh, everybody's got a different viewpoint. Every, everybody does things different. Uh, but me and uh, I attest a lot of my my hunting knowledge. My brother, he got me into it several years ago, but. As far as scouting goes, public land, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's people. And that is really what I base my scouting on. Uh, I try to steer away from people as much as possible. Uh, you can you can go in an area and, and have that area to yourself. Uh, and then, you know, a couple of weeks down the road after you've been watching the spot, uh, have people move in on you, so you got you got to continuously have to to move around, do different things. But uh, personally, myself, I, I do not scout uh, a whole lot. I look at areas. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I try to I try to hunt a little bit of side, and uh, I may do that by by walking uh, some fire lanes and uh, and looking for sign. Uh, the food, of course, always on public land, uh, the food source, and some of the areas that I hunt get quite, get burnt quite a bit, and uh, what you can run into is, is your food source uh, getting burnt up, and uh, a lot of the ground acres and stuff that's on the ground uh, may be plentiful one year and uh, and get burned up the next, but uh, I try to stay out of an area, if, if I go into an area and hunt, usually uh, and, and don't get me wrong, it took a long time to, to come to this because I've been hunting, you know, probably 35, 40 years now. Uh, I'm 55 years old. And I've been scouting my whole hunting career. That's kind of the way I like to summarize it. I, I, I've scouted my whole hunting career. And uh, I do more scouting while hunting than I do just out walking in the woods looking for deer sign. Because I'm a firm believer if you get into an area, and you put down too much scent before the season uh, that you pretty much wasted that, that that area for a period of time. You know, people say, well, it's not hunting pressure. Yeah, it's hunting pressure. Uh, deer don't know that it's hunting season or it's not hunting season, except when the guns start going off. All they know is, that, is they smell humans in their area, and uh, they will adjust accordingly. So, like I said, I do a lot of... of, of on historical hunts that I've had. I know historically in the, the place that I hunt, uh, historically where I've killed deer, uh, where deer travel at, and primarily what I'll do is I can uh, I can do a lot of scouting for my truck. Uh, I'll drive this area and uh, before the season and see where people are set up at. And uh, I may prefer an area, but I'll back off of it simply because of beast pressure. You know, Rob, that, that means a lot that uh, you, you can't surprise an animal uh, if you got 
five or six, seven people sitting around you. How much do you yeah. rely on cameras now? Because uh, cameras can be a great tool for scouting as well. well yeah, cameras is a great tool. The, the thing about a camera, uh, if, you, if you follow the technology of today and get a camera that you can go dump in a spot one time uh, and then check it online and you're not revisiting that camera every two weeks, three weeks, or uh, a month, you know, I know people, and uh, I've got a saying, you've probably heard me say it before. You, you can kill deer, you can be a photographer. I know plenty of people that's got, uh, hey, come let me show you some pictures of this nice buck I got on my camera. Right. Yeah, uh, you got a picture of him on camera, but he, he knows you there. He knows your pattern. Uh, he knows that you're coming in checking that camera. Uh, the, the deer that you really want to kill, the more mature deer, uh, they know. They know you're there. And uh, that's a good point. You know, the cameras are and, and for scouting. Yes, it's going to tell you that you got an inventory in that area. You, you know, you look and see how many bucks and stuff in the area. Personally, uh, I've had some of my people that I hunt with use cameras. I don't use them personally. Uh, they put cameras out, and the majority of the time, uh, they will start getting pictures of deer. Uh, Probably around the middle of September, you know, you can you can get a buck a buck uh, ratio up the, the doe in the area uh, because they got horns, and you know, in September, and you'll start seeing a few a few deer stuff show up before there's any hunting pressure, and then there'll be a period of time. In my experience, now with with I know a person that runs cameras, uh, they'll dry up. The pictures will dry up. And then you'll see them come back strong. You'll even get some daytime pictures. Uh, I usually see it around the middle of October to about the first weekend of November, which in my area down here in Central Florida, that's the rut. You can you can just time it by that. About the second to the fifth of November every year is uh, is when they're rutting heavy here. But um, the deer pictures really start showing up two or three week period. Uh, a lot of pictures at night. A lot of pictures a day. A lot of different pictures. Uh, we had a camera last year that we had several pictures on of multiple bucks and multiple does. Day and night for a two-week period. And after about the 5th of November, it was like you turned the light switch on. Oh, we couldn't get a picture. Couldn't get a picture. All the pictures dried up. Do, do you see that problem with the... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Some of your experience. Yeah, when you start seeing daytime pics, uh, you know the ruts, it's on. Yep, that's the good. That's yep. what, that's what I kind of like. Uh, I wouldn't know when you get the daytime pictures. Uh, you can bet that there, there's there's the rust starting. Yeah, and we had we had several instances uh, with the cameras where we were running the cameras, and uh, of course they're time stamped and and dated, and at eleven. In the morning, you would have a doe show up on your camera, and at eleven eleven, they would be a six point show up on your camera. So you know good well what's going on there. Right. You know, traveling in the same direction, and we even had some shots of, of the does uh, standing in front of the camera and, and look at the shot and, and not really see the buck standing back there in, in the in the thick. You know, all of a sudden, you, you, you move the camera a couple times, 
you know, we, we take a burst of four shots, and uh, about the third one, you see something move over and get to looking, and there, there's a buck standing over there next to us. Yep. And like I said, uh, a two-week period. The majority of deer that I've killed uh, in Central Florida have been from the 20th of October to November the 5th. Yep. Very few, very few have I killed outside of that range. And if I did, I walked them up. Uh, and now, how do you adjust when you when you say scouting? You're not talking about preseason scouting. You're talking about scouting inside the season, where you may have a place you like, and you pull up, and there's a couple of cars in the parking lot where you like to hunt. So you automatically yeah. adjust right then and there, right, and start. Yes, yes. There's there's really the first thing the instinct you're going to have is you're going to be mad, you're going to be flustered. You know, you want to walk down there and tell the guy off. Which is not going to do anybody any good. It's going to be standing there stinking up the woods. So uh, I pretty much back out and give it to them. Now, if I had stands in there, which I don't have because I don't put up uh, permanent stands, I hunt strictly out of my out of my tree stand, uh, my climbing stand. And uh, I'll be honest with you, there's there's several years that I have killed multiple bucks out of the same tree and never never did I go into that spot before rut the first morning I showed up on that stand with rut and this is a particular area that I know the deer travels on it's a buck travel zone and it is a refuge travel zone most of the deer that that, that I killed off of this, this stand was 10, 11, 12 o'clock in the day. Uh, and that's, that's another point I'd like to make about scouting. You know, if you see a buck at 10, 11, 12 o'clock, you can bet. You can just about bet. Unless he's chasing the doe. If that deer's in a steady walk and he's walking a straight line direction, and bucks usually, they don't, they don't like to disperse much energy during the rut. Except if they chase them those. When they going home, they go in a straight line back home. And if you ever find the rub lines, you'll know, you know, basically what his travel zone is and where he's going to frequent. Now, I may mean, he may stop, check a straight, and then continue to walk. But if you see a deer at 10 or 11 o'clock, he's going back home. That's part of the scouting that I use. If I'm sitting on my tree stand at 10 or 11 o'clock, I see a deer and he's walking. I'm, I'm, I'm just about positive he's going back home. Okay, and what about and your you, observation sets? You said when sometimes when you sit, not only are you hunting that deer, well, you are hunting that deer, but you're also looking afar and with binoculars and whatnot, seeing if you can see what's going on you know, somewhere else around there. Well, and, and that's true, too, you know. And this, this may be a perfect scenario of what I just explained to you. I may be at the wrong spot, and I may be looking out four or 500 yards of where I hunt. It's burnt quite often. Uh, there's a lot of low land, and you can see you can see a long way. And uh, I may see deer with this pattern. I may see a buck, and then I will move on that deer. I won't go out there and scout. I already seen the deer. They so sense to go and stink in the woods up. You seen the deer? You know where he's at. You know where he's going. You know about what time he comes through that. And you know. Back to the scouting and and the, uh, the the hunting portion of this, I would tell anybody to steer away.
away from Fire Lane, Dim Road, and Fence Line. Any easy access for you is just as easy for the next hunt. And a lot of times, it's a little extra work, especially in the dark before daylight. Uh, if I know a good spot where I don't think I'm, I'm, I'm pressuring the deer and getting too close to a deer, I'll trailblaze. I may go in there one time and cut me a trail. And I'm not talking about stuff over your head. I'm talking about trimming palmettas where you don't make much racket and you can get to a pine tree and get up in a pine tree. I'm not a fan of permanent sand. I never have been. I've hunted uh, leaves in South Carolina. They know where your stand's at, and that was proven to me up there multiple times. Yep. I've had deer stand behind my stand in a permanent stand and blow at me and blow at me and blow at me 100 yards away. Yep. Just knew somebody was in that stand. The wind wasn't even in their favor, but they, they know. Yep. That's why I, I like the surprise attack. Yep. I like to study them from afar, and then when I see the deer uh, pattern or, or move in a certain direction, now, I also add to that, you can have uh, scenarios where you can't step back. You can't wait. I have got down out of my tree stand and moved it 300 yards and got in another tree. Now, I've never have killed a deer like that, but if I see a buck chasing a doe in an area and, and, and they've moved out of that area, or if they're still in the area, but far enough away, I think I can make it to another setup, I will move. I will move. I've seen uh, a couple years back, uh, we've seen a buck on a Friday, uh, muzzleload season. Uh, it wasn't hunting season yet. He was chasing a doe. It was a nice seven point. Probably 14 inch spread. And we went back the next day the next morning and set up where we had originally planned to go. Now this is a 24 hour period is left and I seen a buck chasing the doe on a Friday at 6 o'clock in the afternoon. The next evening me and my, my nephew went in and I put him over where I thought the deer it's actually where the deer refuge to. When, when we seen the deer go away he refuged back to this area. And uh, he went in the next day. The deer was chasing the doe. Him and her both went into this area. And he went in and set up. Uh, and I sat across the road from him. He was a, a beginner. You know, he had never killed a deer. And uh, that night, about 5.30, that buck chased that doe right out of the area we wanted to go into. And it was a bad area. I mean, it was just about in, impenetrable. Uh, but he come right back out of that area and he shot and killed him. So, you know, you, you, there, there are certain things you can do to, to, uh, adhere to whatever, you know, uh, is in front of you. Yeah. And, uh, but most of the time, most of the time you're not going to run into a, a situation like that. Uh, if I, most of the things that I've seen as far as bucks chasing does, I've missed here. I've had them run them right by me. Uh, never get a shot. And, uh, that's something else I will add. Even, even though it turns into gun season, I never hunt with a shotgun. I said every, every buck I've ever killed has been killed with black powder rock. And 
don't care if it's November, November the 25th and it's gun season. I hunt. If I'm set, if I'm setting, if I'm walking, I walk my shotgun. But of the deer that I've killed, I've only killed one deer with a shotgun. And now, let's say... Now, when you're when you're walking around scouting, Randy, what are you kind of looking for out on your fire breaks and stuff like that? You're looking for a bunch of tracks or just a big track? Well, I'm a sign hunter, okay. And <clears throat> let's face it, if you're hunting deer, people can tell you they can tell the difference in a buck sign and a and a doe sign, and you can in certain instances. The majority of the time, you can if it, if it's where it buries up, you know. And uh, where I hunt at. A mature deer, a two and a half year old, three and a half year old buck is going to be anywhere from 130 to 150 pounds. Okay. A young buck you're going to kill is going to be 110, 115 pounds. Now I've killed some young deer with some nice racks and good genetics, but, uh, I hunt signs. I just, that's it. I hunt tracks. Uh, I never have been too big on setting in Oaks. Now, I don't know what everybody's going to say. Well, oak trees hold acorns, and that's where the deer is going to be. And it's also where the hunters is going to be. Right. Uh, if you want to find a bunch of hunters, go to a nice, beautiful spot with plenty of oak trees, and you'll find all you can stand. And I steer away from them. Right. I steer away from that. I know it's a food source, but the deer primarily use that uh, at night. You'll notice if you go in early in the morning, you drive to your hunting spot, uh, you pass the oak scrub. Uh, here runs deer out the oak scrub, and they cross the road, and they're gone. Uh, that, that, you know, basically, I, I hunt sign rob, I hunt track. Uh, when it gets, uh, which, where I hunt at, I felt nice rubs beginning of archery season. So... Uh, September twentieth, somewhere around in there, you can you can start finding some nice rub. Yeah. Uh, of course, it's not, of course the rubbing picks up. Uh, I've had people tell me, you know, I'm not seeing any rubs. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you, I will tell you right now, I have sat on rubs and been very unproductive sitting on rubs and scrapes, rubs and scrapes. The majority. I killed several deer out of the same precinct, okay? And I can tell you this much. You could walk that area, and I did, after I after I'd hunted it. I found one rub. Out of, they could have rubbed a thousand things there. And I had killed several bucks in this one area. And one rub. No rub. No rub. It was strictly a travel zone. It was a refuge travel zone. They were going home. They were going home. And like I said, this happened a couple of weeks period, October, middle of no, or first of November. And, uh, that's really when you need to be in the woods. I don't care how hot it is. I don't care what the weather is. I've killed them raining. I've killed them cold. Uh, you need to be in the woods at that time. And uh, for those of you guys that heard him say that, you know, when he's in his tree, he can see three, four, five hundred yards, you'd probably be thinking to yourself, uh, well, the places I hunt, you can't see three or four hundred yards. But Randy's got a, a little trick that he sort of taught me, and uh, and that is don't think for one minute that them bucks don't lay out in them palmetto flats. They don't, oh, wow, they, don't, they don't just hang out in the thick stuff. Some do, but 
but a lot of them do hang out in the middle of Palmetto Flats where there's limited pine trees. As far as you can see, there's palmettos, and you think, well, there's nothing out there. I want to go to the oak hammocks and tell them to talk about that for a little bit, Randy. Well, yeah, you know, and and like I said, you you go in on the fire lane. I'll give you a prime example. You go in on the fire lane on your left-hand side is a nice stand of pine trees. You got a few scrub mixed into it, a beautiful hunt spot. On your right-hand side is a thousand acres of wide open pine flats. Uh, you, you see a few bushes out there. They, they may be some myrtle bushes. Uh, usually, that is where the majority of your ground acres is going to be, if there is any, is in the wide open. And they like it fairly dry. So, uh, you'll see a lot of times you'll be sitting in the pine block and you'll look out there and there's your deer be three or four hundred yards out there in the wide open field. And I have been a fan of sitting in a wide open field and I know uh, several other people but I can mention some names uh, that have the same theory that I have that, that kill deer every year uh, and their theory is exactly that the, the bad thing about that is you're actually walking into the deer when you hunt that that needs to be a thing that you don't make a ritual you don't make a habit out of you do it once or twice Okay, in this area that you know that you've seen some deer in. But when you do that the first time, you don't just walk out there to look around. But we, we've talked about this earlier. You know, I don't like to go out and walk all over my hunting before I'm going to hunt. I will I will go in. I'll get me a flashlight. It'll be 5 o'clock in the morning, an hour, hour and a half before daylight. Uh, and if it's low enough, uh, I'll go in with a flashlight. I'll be pinpointing me a landmark or something on the fire lane. And I'll leave that fire lane, and I may go 300 yards uh, out to a pine tree that is sitting in the wide open. No shade, no nothing. Uh, I'll get as close up under the canopy as I can get, and uh, I've killed a few deer doing that, too. Yep. And, and some probably seen plenty doing it that way, which yeah, turned that, into a scouting expedition. Sure, to, yeah. sure. Right. Sure, turned into a scouting expedition. Uh, you see a few, a few deer moving around. Uh my brother, he's uh, like I said, he's he's taught me a lot about about deer hunting, and I get on to him all the time. Uh, he likes to scout. He just loves being in the woods, and uh, I have to fight with him about you know let's not walk in there. We know we know the history. We already seen what we needed to see. If you if you got lucky enough to see a nice buck in the area, especially on this public land. Uh, keep your keep keep it to yourself, uh, and, and keep your group small. But that, that's another thing, you know. Uh, people will uh, with Facebook and everything else. The, the, they like to put on there, and, and you know they got a picture of a damn ten point on here, and uh, you know whoever Scott Williford does, he posted a picture of a ten point the other night. Everybody gets to talking and. Before you know it, somebody says, well, hell, I know him after my brother-in-law. And, uh, well, he drives a red Ford truck, and you go down there, and you put, hey, somebody that just showed you a picture of a 10-point on a trail cam, where in the hell you think they're going to be the next day? <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not rocket science, people. And before you know it, he's got more people in there on top of it than he's shaped with a stick. Yeah. So you can't share your information. That's, that's the worst thing that people do. 
is uh, they talk to other people, and you know you need to tell your buddy. And uh, and me and my brother is a strict group. We hunt together, and our knowledge we we pretty much keep to ourselves of what we see. Yep. And uh, if I'm going to brag about him, he'll be on the tailgate. Yep. When I brag about him, yep. uh, you know that's just uh, I, I'm not about like I said I don't set, use trail cameras anyway. But uh, I'm not about showing a bunch of trail cam pics of, of everything uh, in the middle of the night. You know, we know you can get pictures of deer. If you if you leave a camera long enough in a deep area, you're gonna get some pictures. Yep. Uh, like I said, it is a useful tool. I'm not, not I'm not against them. Uh, but what you run into, you know, you, you get on a a piece of land, and like you said, you got two or three people, and let's just say you're on. You know, 10,000 acres of land here, and you got three or four people that's constantly going out there every week checking their damn trail cameras when it's not hunting, when they're not on their tree stand. So you get a lot of movement in the area, and, and pretty much your deer size going to dry up uh, pretty quick. Pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, piece of property that I hunt, uh, if, they push them, if they push them too far, they won't be on the land anymore. And there's plenty of there's plenty of refuge uh, around this to uh, to go to where they're not going to be bothered, and that's what they will do. Yeah, and uh, and you probably agree with me, but it just kind of ties into something else. You see, people they go and they sit the same stand over and over and over all season long, and wonder why they don't hardly see anything. That that's a, that's a good point, Rob, and that's the, the biggest, I guess, probably the biggest mistake that a person can make is is, is hunting. Uh, the same stand over and over every every week, yep. and I know people's gonna say, "Well, y'all done that." I, I killed an eight point, you know, three of them, you know, and you can't. Not saying that, but there's a good chance that that was totally an accident. Somebody stepped on that deer and moved him to you. Yep. Okay, uh, I'm not a fan of setting up anywhere near bedding area. Okay. It's just, uh, you know, the wind's too much, the wind's swirling. Uh, you can get too close. You can very well get too close. Uh, I like to hunt during the rut where the does are. That's pretty much you. Everybody preaches that, and it's true. Right. You know, you, you hunt where the does are, and uh, sooner or later, the bucks are going to be there with them. Okay. Uh, that, that's, I have I've seen deer in areas. And see them one time, and think, think that I that I was on them. You know, well, I'm on them. You know, I've got a tree stand in there. I'm on him. You know, and uh, that same deer get killed uh, a mile away, chasing the doe. Have him comparing. Yep, sure. You know, no doubt that's him. You know, uh, I actually, my brother actually shot a deer uh, at a deer. It was a four point. Shot at a deer, grazed the deer. No, no, he grazed him. And uh, the next weekend, uh, somebody across the road shot that same deer. And uh, he met him out at the truck, and, and sure enough, deer had a graze in him where he had grazed him. Same buck. But uh, they move around, and, you know, uh, quickly. Don't take a deer very long to, to cover a lot of ground. So what would you be a key takeaway point for someone that um, they, they've been hunting for a little bit, but they just hadn't had a lot of success? Uh, can you kind of summarize something, anything for them? Some- well, and, and, uh, you know, I'll go back and hit the key point. Uh, back to the, the scouting. 
don't scout too much. Now, don't get me wrong. You got to know if you're if you're in the ballpark, okay? You got to know if you're in the ballpark. But if when you find the ballpark and you and you find home plate, uh, don't go back there just just to look. When you go back there, you need to mean business. You need to go in with your tree stand and, and set up. And like I said, I'm not a fan uh, of ladder stand. Uh, I really didn't start killing any deer until I got away from my ladder stand. I used to put them up all the time. I'd have two or three, four, and set on one different, go different. Still, I didn't have much success until I started hunting out of a climbing stand. Uh, it's new, uh, and just show up there. Just show up. And don't over-scout that area. Go in there a, a time or two. Just establish what you need to establish. Uh, get the travel zones down. Uh, the, the deer movement. You can see, you know, which way the tracks are going. The, the, uh, the escape route. Uh, I guess that's the, the major thing is, uh, is the escape route. Because that's where more deer get killed than anything else. Uh, stay off the fire lane. I mentioned it a while ago. Stay off the fire lane. Stay off the dim roads. Stay off the fence line. That's easy walk. Everybody attracts everybody. And just as soon as you walk down a fire lane and you see 10,000 tracks, so did everybody else. Yep. And you also don't realize this. You go down there in the area. Let's just say uh, you you keep your your hunting to 10,000 acres. Okay. I know a lot of people that hunt different areas uh they'll go north or go south or east or west and they have two or three key locations but uh just as soon as you pulled out of there somebody else pulled down the road and seen that same fire lane or that same buck rub and they've seen it and they walked down the same fire lane and seen the same thing that you just seen and if they don't pull a stand in there right then they probably will a little bit later yeah. and uh the people, I guess, Rob, you know, if somebody knew that, that not had much success, you got to learn how to play the people, too. It, it's, just, it's probably 50% of your hunting uh, because you're not the only one after that deer. Uh, there's several people after it. You just got to have a little more tenacity than they have. Yep. Ties into what you told me the other night about putting on some hip waders and going through water. When that's, you walk through water, you just eliminated 90% of the crowd. That. That is exactly right. I, I have uh, I have some hip waders, and I probably do what most people wouldn't do. It probably is a little bit on the stupid side uh, due to some of the gators that I've seen in my area. Uh, I was waiting a, a, a flag pond uh, for probably 50 yards that was over my knees uh, in the water before daylight. And like I said, <laughs> well known for gators. And uh, I was... Uh, I would make it through there as easy as I could, but uh, what I was what I was hunting there was an escape route, uh, and it was an escape route over to into a refuge where I know bucks were there. I've seen them jump the fence to get back into this area, and uh, killed several deer out of out of the same tree. I'm talking about the same tree. Uh, I had a one favorite spot there that I had a good view, and uh, had great success there. But like I said, some of the, some of the key points for for somebody new starting in it is uh is learn the people, learn where they're gonna be, and you know you I, you have I have a stand 
location uh, that I like to hunt. I can guarantee you every year for the past five years, I'm going to get in that stand, okay? And opening morning of muzzleload, I'm going to see a red vest in an oak tree. I have for six years in a row now. He's there. I know where he's coming in. I watch him leave. I watch him kick deer up. As he's leaving, he don't even see. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, it's uh, that's the kind of thing that you need to look for. You know, he's kicking deer up, and I see where these deer get up at. So I know where they're bedding at. And, uh, of course, they escape opposite of him. Uh, the only bad point of this is, is I've, I've had a, a chance at a couple of bucks. Uh, I actually shot one last year that I did not get. I know I hit the deer. It was a long shot, uh, 130 yards. And uh, I hit the deer, deer leg kick. And, uh, just to get on the side there, here and tell you a little hunt story. Uh, the gentleman, I seen him after I shot the deer. The previous year, I seen a deer come out of the same bottleneck, and I didn't get a shot at him, a real nice deer. And, uh, last year, uh, same bottleneck, same time of year, first, first day of muzzleload season, the buck comes out, and I had spooked going to my stand that morning two does the does run right straight across this bottleneck and when that buck come out he picked up the scent well when I seen him put his nose down I knew that he was fixing to do just like the does did he was going to trail them does right straight away from me uh, I shot deer leg kick couldn't run couldn't run you could tell the deer was hurt and uh, the deer still went toward the does. First he run to the right, and then he made him a circle, and he come back. Uh, I got a muzzle loader in my hand. I'm reloading. Uh, the deer turned and went toward the does. When the man was in the tree stand where I was sitting, I watched him get up with my binoculars, and he was watching the deer that I shot with a binocular running away from me closer to him but not right under him, a couple hundred yards. So I get down, go out to trail the deer, get out there, and uh, can't find any blood. Couldn't find any blood at point impact. Couldn't find no hair, couldn't find nothing. So I went to the last place I seen the deer standing before he disappeared. And the gentleman, casually, I looked at him and I just threw my hands up in the air. Like, uh, did, did you see something? Or uh, did you see the deer fall? Anything. The man was so damn mad that he got down off of his tree stand and walked right straight away from him and went to his truck. He wouldn't even get down and help me find that deer. So, you know, I've seen a lot of hurt feelings during the year uh, over hunting. Yeah. And I just don't understand that. I, I don't. I mean, I wasn't on top of the man. I looked at him for the six or seven years in a row and uh, he wouldn't get down and uh, and help me find the deer or even give me a hint that uh, hey dude I've seen the deer he was still moving when he went you know that way so you know sportsmanship is is a lot of it too and there's there's no deer worth uh, a friendship or shooting another human over I can I can attest to that right 
And yeah. there's a lot of hard feelings over hunting, and there shouldn't be. You know, it should be a camaraderie sport. And uh, I'm lucky enough to have a brother that I'm real close with, and we've been doing it for years, and we love it. You're going to have to deal with people on public land, and that's just the nature of the beast. That, that's the nature of the beast. You know, public land, uh, I guess some of, the, some of the, the better things is if you're lucky enough to get a draw hunt uh, to some of these locations around here in Central Florida. But the bad thing about that is access. Uh, I'm at Kisso, for example. They got a couple of places on the river there. I mean, they run down the river dock there with an access road, but uh, that don't nearly touch uh, that place over there. So access is a big problem. Plus, you know, you, you don't have, I, I, I don't know how many exactly, it's eight or ten hundred, maybe a weekend for muzzleload there. Uh, but access is the problem, you know, and, and people just aren't into it. Let's, let's face it, we live in a lazy society, buddy. You know, we're just talking about the technology with the, with the cameras and everything. Uh, people are lazy. They like to sit at home and click and look and see what's going on and they don't have to go there. Yep. Yep. Uh, All right, man. Well, uh, uh, anything else you want to add to it, Randy, before we uh, well, sign off? Well, get out and do it. Just get out and do it. You know, that's, that's the thing about it. Uh, and have fun with I, it, right? And have fun with it. You know, I've... I've I haven't, I, I've got the, the drive that I've always had, but I'm getting old. Okay. I'm 55 years old. And, uh, they sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll say, you know what? You ought to go hunting today. And, uh, I don't, I don't do it, but you don't get those days back, but that's yeah. one thing for sure. Uh, you don't get to redo that weekend. And there's several days that I really didn't want to go. Uh, there's days that I've went and somebody's been sitting in my, my primary spot that I wanted to go to. And I've went to an alternative spot and killed a buck. Yeah. So it goes both ways. But get out there and do it and enjoy it. That, that's the thing about it. And, and if you're going just for the hunting or just for the meat, you may want to find you another sport. Yep. But uh, the, the camping and the camaraderie, is uh, it really means a lot. Yep. It does. All right, buddy. Well, I sure appreciate the little discussion tonight. And um, we're going to sign off. And, uh, All right. So I'll talk at you later, man. All right. All right, Thanks, buddy. buddy. See you, man. And that was Randy Holman and on uh, consistently killing uh, deer in uh, central Florida. Hope you like the show. See you next time.